What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video, back with another rankings video. Remember this season we're doing one big rankings video each week, so we'll go game by game, talk about all the fantasy relevant players in each. So, first things up, we've got the Thursday night game, Giants at 49ers. This game was a 44 point total, 49ers are massive, 10 and a half point home favorites, probably not going to be an amazing game tonight. Uh, for the Giants, Saquon's already been declared out, so you know he's not playing. So the backfield is going to come down to some combination of Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell, and Eric Gray. Uh, many of you added Breida off of free agency. He's the one that I would be rostering if you're rostering one of them. But understand that this is an awful matchup. Uh, they are two-score road underdogs against a very, very good 49ers defense. Breida is currently my running back 40 and while it's fine to use him, like if you had Saquon, you had Nick Chubb, one of them, and you lost your stud, you don't really have a ton of depth behind it, and you need it running back too, I don't think that's going to be the reason you lose the week. I think he's going to have a decent amount of touches and be fine, get you enough points, or if you had nothing else, you can do it. But my running back 40, don't feel like you have to play Matt Breida on Thursday night. Uh, only other viable pieces on the Giants are Daniel Jones and Darren Waller. Both have a negative matchup. Uh, and as you may have guessed, both are, you know, fine options, but not amazing options. Um, it does help that Jones, like even in a bad matchup, he gets a lot of his value on the ground. So he doesn't need to go out there and have 300 yards, three touchdowns. He can run for 40 or 50 yards, maybe scramble for a touchdown as well. And at that point, he didn't need to do much through the year to be fine. So you can definitely stream Daniel Jones this week. Just again, it's the 49ers. They're on the road. They're not going to win this game. So it's not a good spot. Uh, Waller, at least a little bit of hope. 90% um, snap share last week, eight targets. Seems to be good to go. Titans a wasteland. So like, if you have Waller, you're playing him. But again, I'm not expecting either of these two to have monster games. For the 49ers, uh, start their studs as usual. Uh, the matchup is best for George Kittle. The Giants are the fourth best matchup for opposing tight ends. But you're starting all of them regardless. You're starting Kittle. You're starting McCaffrey. You're starting Debo. Um, if Ayuk plays, I think you play him. If there's no report of snap count, if they come out and they're like, you know, he's only going to play half the snaps. He's going to be limited. Maybe don't play him, uh, but I would think that in a game like this where they're pretty heavy favorites, he's not going out there unless he's 100%. So I would say if he plays, play him. If he doesn't play, it's going to mean like really, really good production from Kittle, McCaffrey, and Debo. Uh, Purdy's my quarterback 22 right now. Find a stream. He just doesn't really have a ceiling. Like he always gets a decent amount of points. He never goes out there and drops a nuke. We'll start off the Sunday games with Texans at Jaguars, 44-point total. Jaguars also massive favorites uh, at home this time, 9.5-point favorites to the Jaguars. For the Texans side, only appealing piece is Nico Collins. Maybe Tank Dell if you're in a deeper full PPR format. I'd like to see him produce for like at least one more week in a row um, to start in like 8, 10, or 12-team leagues. So hold off, but a good add. On the bench, uh, but Nico, really, really good play. He's been a stud so far. Great target share. Those targets are coming deep downfield. Gives him a lot of weekly upside. A pretty decent floor. Obviously, there's a chance with anyone that's that gets like the deep ball that you know maybe doesn't hit at all in a week, and he goes like two for forty or something like that. But like Nico's been playing well enough. I think you got to be playing him. Uh, many of you will probably need to play Damian Pierce. Uh, it's a pretty terrible spot. This is actually the sixth worst matchup for opposing running backs. They're also massive road underdogs. 
and his passing game usage has been worse than expected. It would be fine if you know the volume we saw in the preseason, the volume they talked about this summer actually happened, but it hasn't been happening. Like he's been losing passing down snaps. Um, I have Pierce in my 12-team dynasty league, and I'm starting Kyron Williams, Jerome Ford, Joshua Kelly, and Addison over him this week. Ford is the only one I'm a little bit hesitant on because as we'll go over, the matchup is horrific. But assuming that Hunt is expected to at least be like limited in that game, I think I prefer Jerome Ford over Pierce this week, even given the horrible matchup because also, also the matchup like isn't good for Pierce. For the Jaguars, um, this is a smash spot for Travis Etienne. Only six teams have a higher opponent rush play percentage than the Texans. And in terms of fantasy production, this is the third best matchup for opposing running backs. Etienne did see his snaps and touches drop a bit last week. We'll see if that trend continues, but it's not enough to warrant, you know, concern this week, especially in a dream matchup. You're starting as running back one. This matchup is pretty bad, actually, for all the other positions. Um, we just know the Texans, historically even, but especially this season too, um, they allow teams to run the ball on them. They give a ton of production to running backs, but they're pretty good against quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers. And so teams kind of look at that and they're like, well, we're also winning. Why would we not continue this trend and run the ball? So Lawrence is still my quarterback, eight. Uh, Ridley, Kirk, my wide receivers, 18 and 35. Ingram, my tight end, nine. So you're probably playing most of them. I would say the exception is Christian Kirk at 35. He might not be someone you're starting. Um, I just don't love the spot as well for Kirk. Because if you think about the game, if they're running it a ton, well, on their pass plays, maybe they don't go into 11 personnel as much. That's a three wide receiver set. We know that Christian Kirk is pretty much only playing in that formation. And so if they're running it a lot, if they're in two wide receiver sets, Kirk's just like not on the field enough in a negative matchup. So I don't love it for Kirk. Um, but again, you know, it depends on what you have. He's my wide receiver 35. You might just not have other players in that range. Uh, next up, we've got Saints at Packers. 42 and a half point total. Packers, two point home favorites. For the Saints, um, they have one more game without Kamara. And boy, do they need him back. Uh, Jamal Williams is also expected to miss this week with a hamstring injury. So they're down to Tony Jones Jr. Kendra Miller, assuming he's back this week to make his rookie debut. And then Kirk Merritt, just not a good cast of running backs. They really do need Kamara back. Um, this is actually a really good matchup against the Packers. Uh, and it's a winnable game for the Saints. So they could be in a positive game script. Also good for running backs. But the only way that I would play this out is if, you know, Kendra Miller does not play in this game. Tony Jones Jr. is going to have a ridiculous snap share, a ridiculous touch share. You'd want him in your starting lineup. If Kendra plays, you're probably not starting either one of them, but it would depend on news with Kendra. If he's playing, but they're like, he's not really going to play that much. Just a few touches. You'd probably still start Tony Jones Jr. Uh, if he plays and we don't get that sort of report, I would kind of expect them to mix in and out of the lineup uh, with neither one of them being all that appealing and Honestly, my lean would be towards Kendra because if there's a chance that he just comes in, he's 100%, you know, he's a better running back than Tony Jones. Like by a good amount, he's also better in the receiving game. And so as a player, I'd prefer him very much more. Uh, but for the most part, even in a good spot, like, I don't know. It, it, it's really just not a backfield one attack unless Kendra's out. For everyone else, uh, mostly a neutral matchup, but obviously start 
Chris Olave. Um, you can use Michael Thomas or Shahid in the flex if you want to. My wide receivers, 34 and 35. That's right in flex territory. Good with either one of them. Um, I would leave Carr and Juwan Johnson on the bench. Carr is getting vultured a lot by Taysom Hill, and that hasn't resulted in like this huge decrease in touchdowns yet. But if you watch those games, there's a lot of plays where Taysom Hill comes onto the field right when they get into like the green zone inside the 10-yard line, and that's very, very bad for Carr's upside. And then Juwan Johnson, only 5.67 expected fantasy points per game so far this season, so the usage had not been great. For the Packers, it uh, definitely depends on the studs. Depends on Aaron Jones. Depends on Christian Watson. I am not expecting Aaron Jones to play this week, uh, while Watson's definitely a little bit more of a toss-up. Uh, my lean is towards Watson being out one more week and then returning next week, but watch the news. Let's see what happens there. Um, this is a neutral matchup for the ground game and a negative matchup for the passing attack. So I would definitely start A.J. Dillon if Aaron Jones misses the game. And the only pass catchers that I'd be really interested in are Jane Reed and Luke Musgrave. Again, assuming that Christian Watson is out. Um, the Packers have just been playing really, really slow. And it's tough for any of them to be amazing when the plays are kind of down. Uh, the Packers rank 30th with only 53.5 plays per game so far this season. So even if I project read, which I have right now, at a 23% target share, that's really good. And it might be on the high end of what I should be projecting. That's barely over seven targets, which puts him in that same range as Michael Thomas or Shahid. And he can blow past that number, right? If they ran more plays last week, he could have had 10, 11 targets, but the plays have been down. And if we're kind of looking at 23%, it's a pretty hefty target share, especially if Christian Watson were to play in this game. I don't know. No, no one's overly appealing in this passing attack. Um, my lean is towards benching all of them in a pretty difficult matchup. But again, Reed, Musgrave, find lower end options if Christian Watson's out. If Watson returns, he's probably the only one I'd really consider. And even then, I need to see beat reporters. What are they saying? And also for Musgrave, uh, the same to the single worst matchup for tight ends. So definitely be careful with him if you're going to start him. Bills at Commanders. Up next, this game is a 43.5 point total. Bills, 6.5 point road favorites for the Bills. This is definitely a tough matchup overall, uh, but it's definitely more difficult for running backs than everyone else. The Commanders have a really, really good overall defense, but it's the single worst matchup if you have a running back against them, just edging out the Titans. You don't want to start running backs against the Commanders. It's really difficult to score fantasy points against them in like like as a unit. Like they just don't give up a lot of production. But it's especially true, right? If you had like a featured back, you'd be like, okay, well, the production's down, but like, you know, they're good enough to start any matchup. We effectively have a three running back. You could call it a four running back committee with Josh Allen. He's been getting less design runs, but we have at least a three running back committee in Buffalo. And while James Cook is the clear lead in that committee, the fact that it's a terrible matchup. Latavius takes some work and Damon Harris takes some work and the work they're taking is goal line work, which he can still score because he can get a carry from outside the, the red zone and still score a touchdown. It really hurts the upside of, of Cook that it's pretty clear he's not going to have red zone touches this season or at least red zone carries and green zone carries. So I'm thinking James Cook, you know, the only running back you're obviously playing this game, but I'm thinking he's like a low end running back to this week, someone that is highly explosive, can hit from anywhere, can rack up receptions, can still be good. 
but not someone expecting a good game from. The matchup is just so bad. If it's rotation there, like if you've got something else that's close, I would lean towards playing that player. For everyone else, obviously start Allen, start Diggs. Uh, Gabe Davis, same as every week. He's a very high upside flex play, but one with a floor of zero points. And then uh, tight ends, find the stream. Malines towards Kincaid. Neither one of them stands out as an amazing play this week. For the commanders, uh, only good play on this team is Brian Robinson. He ranks 10th among running backs and expected fantasy points. And while the matchup is bad, it's not as bad as James Cook on the other side. Um, I have uh, Cook right now projected for 0.1 half PPR points behind Brian Robinson. So again, neither one of James Cook or Brian Robinson is a must play. But realistically, given the state of the running back position, running backs 18 and 19, I mean, the odds are you don't have multiple running backs inside the top 15. If you do, congratulations, but many of you don't. And so you probably are playing both of them. Um, behind him, it's kind of gross. I mean, the commanders are projected to score 2.02 touchdowns this week. That's not awful, but it's not amazing, right? And there's a lot of different players who could score those touchdowns, and they could still come in below that projection. Um even with target shares in the low 20s, which is good, but not, you know, what we're expecting typically from McLaurin before this season, uh, what we're hoping for for Dotson eventually. Like, low 20s is really good. It's not an elite target share. Um, even grading them out there or projecting them there, they only come out as the wide receivers 38 and 40 for Dotson and McLaurin, respectively. I do think that we're going to be using them at some point this season. I think this offense is going to break out. It's going to click at some point. Uh, this week, probably not the week that happens. I don't know. I don't love them. I probably wouldn't play them. Chargers at Vikings up next. Uh, game with by far the highest total of the week, 54 points. Play people in this game, right? That's the very easy takeaway, and it's a close spread. So it's not a huge total and a 10-point spread. 54-point total, Chargers one-point road favorites. This should be a close, high-scoring game with a very, very high ceiling. For the Chargers, you're starting Herbert, Kelly, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, I'm expecting Eckler to miss if Eckler played flip-flop. Um, obviously, start Eckler. Probably don't start Kelly, but honestly, it's such a good spot. You maybe could. Uh, and then for the Vikings, you're starting Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, Madison, and Addison. Again, smash spot all around for both sides. Hawkinson is the only player in this game with a negative matchup, but given the game environment, given his workload, like you're, you're playing him, you don't really care what the matchup is. Um, not every player I mentioned there is going off, right? You're not just going to have, uh, what did I go over? I don't know, off the top of my head, like eight people are there, eight, nine players. They're not all dropping nukes this week, but the chance that any one of them has a week that like wins you the week is much more elevated in a matchup like this, where both defenses are definitely struggling. Chargers are playing way worse than I thought they would this season. And just a game that both offenses could easily score quickly, lead to more plays, more yards, more touchdowns all around. Like, it's just a really, really good spot. Also, um, I would start Madison even after the Akers trade. Um, I don't think Akers, I think he will be active this week. Tough to know, but I think he's going to be active. I just don't think he's going to go out there and have a ton of touches. He's also not been very good this season, but like, I don't think he goes out there and has like 10 touches. I think he'll mix in a little bit, but that, you know, Madison's going to be the guy this week, and if you're the guy this week in this matchup, play him. Next up, we've got Titans at Browns. This game has a low 39.5 point total. Browns, 3.5 point home favorites. 
For the Titans, only appealing piece is Derrick Henry. Tannehill and the wide receivers have a brutal matchup, and none of them are really that great in expected fantasy points anyways. Like, you look at this passing offense, and it's very, very gross, very, very, like, close to the line of scrimmage. Hopkins is the only one you could argue is a great play, but he has nine and a half yards perception this season. And that's not like I talked about with um, A.J. Brown, with um, Mike Williams being like uh, with Jamar Chase saying that they have really low yards perception this season, but that it's definitely going to increase in the future. I don't think Hopkins is going to increase. If you watch them play, all of these targets are coming very close to the line of scrimmage. It's a bunch of five-yard outs, and there's really no upside in those plays, and Hopkins isn't really a player at this point in his career who's getting deep downfield, getting open downfield. So I don't love it. I think it's really just Derrick Henry on that side. For the Browns, people are definitely going to want to jam in Jerome Ford, but while I said that I'm starting him in that dynasty league, I'm starting him in my third flex spot. Like There are a lot of other players that I want in that league, and I'm a very young team in that dynasty league, um, so I don't have like a juggernaut that's going to like go off the season. Like I'm playing the long-term game on that team, and I still don't feel amazing at, with him at my third flex spot. Like No one runs on the Titans. This matchup is worth nearly eight points worse than a backfield on average. So if you look at the average production for a backfield, then you throw them up against the Titans, reduce the amount of points that backfield is going to score by about eight. And since Ford is most of the backfield this week, given that, you know, it might take Hunt a little bit of time to get up to speed, that's a really big hit that he's taking. Right now he's been running back 30. Uh, if Hunt plays, if Hunt's expected to get a decent workload, I could even drop that even further. I'm right now projecting Hunt to play, but have a very, very small workload. As for the wide receivers, the opposite is true. There's a smash spot for Marty Cooper, for Elijah Moore. They've really struggled this season because Deshaun Watson's playing like trash. Um, they've been wide receivers 23 and 38 and expected fantasy points per game right now. But given the matchup, just given that everyone looks at this team and is like, okay, you can't run the ball against the Titans. We have to throw it, and then you're successful throwing the ball. Given that, Cooper's my wide receiver 20 right now. Moore's my wide receiver 29. I'd be fine using either in the flex. Cooper, I'd be good using at wide receiver two. David Njoku is fine to stream, though the matchup isn't as elite for him, and he hasn't been used a ton this season, so he's definitely not a must-start. Patriots at Jets is up next. This game has a very low 37-point total. Patriots actually two-and-a-half-point road favorites. For the Patriots, Mac Jones ranks 10th in expected fantasy points per game, but that's because of extreme volume over the first two weeks in trailing game scripts. They're not expected to get off as many plays against the Jets this week, right? The Jets have an awesome defense. You're also not really thinking the Patriots are going to find themselves down a ton of points early on, and so you're just probably not going to get as many passing plays, uh, and the line suggests they're going to be winning this game, and so again not expecting as many plays. Uh, this game is also at the Jets. That's not exactly a matchup you're looking to attack for any position. Only two Patriots players I want to be playing are Stevenson and Hunter Henry. Henry quietly ranks eighth in expected fantasy points per game among tight ends. And 
Since the Jets are so good at defending wide receivers, they do force a lot of volume to flow through to tight ends, making the third best matchup for tight ends. So if you want to stream Hunter Henry, definitely fine doing that. And Stevenson, I think if you drafted him, you know, in round three, you're playing Ramondre Stevenson this week. Uh, but no other Patriots player is super appealing uh, unless you really want to go to Mac Jones in like a super flex league. But even then, not great. Uh, for the Jets, New England has a great defense and the Jets have Zach Wilson, a quarterback. So... That's probably all we really need to say. Uh, Belichick has historically just embarrassed Zach Wilson whenever they square off. I'm expecting that to happen again this week. I'm expecting multiple interceptions for Zach Wilson for them to just kind of struggle because basically like all you have to do if you're the Patriots is say, okay, force Wilson to beat us. Let's focus everything on stopping this ground attack. Let's jam these receivers at the line. Let's force them to make contested catches deep downfield. That's probably going to result in one or two big plays. And so if you want to play Garrett Wilson, because he's the most likely to break out, you want to play him. Hope he has another game like last week. What was it like two for 80 and such on something like that. Um, Hope he does something like that. Sure. But that's probably what we're going to see is very, very inefficient offense for the Jets. Uh, They're going to try and run it a ton, but they're probably not going to be overly successful in doing that. They're going to have to take shots downfield. Some of those are going to get picked off. Many of them are going complete, and it's going to be very, very gross to watch. So if you want to play Garrett Wilson, do it. I would prefer not to play these running backs because they're not going to see significant volume. They don't have a huge chance of scoring, and it's just a really, really gross game. Falcons at Lions is up next. 46.5 point total. Lions 3.5 point home favorites. For the Falcons, this is actually a matchup that sets up really well for the passing game, and especially with them being underdogs. You could finally see them start to air it out this week. Unfortunately, I don't think Arthur Smith really cares that much about matchups, and so they're probably going to ride the ground game until it's producing terribly, which it's probably just never going to do this season, or when they absolutely have to throw it because they just can't run the ball anymore, which probably won't happen until fourth quarter of games again destroyed in last week we saw the split between Bijan and Algier finally widen I guess I say finally it was only one week but it was ridiculous that it was ever even close uh Bijan played 72 percent of the snaps had 23 touches turned those into 172 yards Algier played 44 percent touches turned 16 touches or 44 percent of the snaps turned 16 touches into 48 yards so you know He had significantly fewer yards, about 130 fewer yards, uh, and he only had seven fewer touches. Uh, Just glaringly apparent, you know, that Bijan is significantly better than Algier. He's going to have 25 touches a game from this point on. He's going to be incredible. My bold prediction was that he was the number one scoring running back in fantasy. I'm going to stand behind that prediction. I still think it comes true. Uh, Given the matchup, obviously start Bijan. I think Algier is Fine if you had to play him as low end too, but again, the matchup is better for the receivers. Um, for everyone else, I think you have to play London. It's a smash spot if the Falcons get down. It's such a good matchup for the wide receivers that any sort of passing volume, it's going to flow through London and he should have a really good game. Um, after that, I think, I mean, Arthur Smith could do his dirty again, uh, but you just I just start the big three. I, I think you're just starting London, you're starting Pitts, and you're starting Bijan. I know that the volume hasn't been amazing, but it's a really good spot for this team. And I think the running backs every week, you're starting Bijan, obviously, uh, but I think it's a good enough spot for London and Pitts, and especially Pitts. Like, you know, tight end's a wasteland, anyways. So, given like how good of a player he is, how good of a spot 
that it is not as good of a spot, but still positive for him. They're going to probably be down in this game. I just think you got to play Pitts. Um, if he kind of keeps disappointing us for like one or two more weeks, maybe we can start to hop off that train. But again, it's not like tight end is some dominant position where there's like 10 or 12 of them scoring touchdowns every week, getting like 60, 70 yards on six or seven receptions. Like most of the time, if you score a touchdown, you're like a top seven or 10 tight end that week. And so Pitts, at least an okay chance of scoring. For the Lions, um, this is a surprisingly bad matchup, especially with Montgomery out though. Like we just know where the volume's going. Like the Falcons have actually had a decent defense, but who's it going to? Gibbs, St. Brown, Laporta, and Reynolds. Like all the volume is going there. They're going to mix in uh, Bam or Craig. I actually don't even know who they're really going to play more, Craig Reynolds or Bam. Uh, we'll hopefully find that up for Sunday. But the point is, they'll mix that in for early down workload. But most of the volume is going to Gibbs, St. Brown, Laporta, and Reynolds. So you're starting Gibbs. You're starting St. Brown. Um, I think Laporta and Goff are both fine streaming options. They don't jump out as like, amazing plays, but I'd be totally fine playing either one of them. Reynolds honestly isn't a bad play either. Uh, he's only my wide receiver 45 this week, so you probably don't need to go there. But if you had to, I honestly don't hate it. Uh, Colts at Ravens up next. 45-point total, 7-point home favorites for the Ravens. Uh, for the Colts side, assuming Richardson clears concussion protocol, um, which we don't know yet, but assuming he does, start him, Pittman, and Moss. It's definitely not a good matchup as a road underdog against a really, really good Ravens defense, but these three have such a massive share of the offense that I think you're just playing these three. Moss, in particular, had a 98% snap share last week. That is unheard of for running backs. You start any running back playing 98% of the snaps. Pittman, 7th in expected fantasy points on the season among wide receivers. Richardson, he got up to 17.74 fantasy points last week on 18 plays before leaving with the concussion. Uh, I would also like to point out that I lost uh, in my league, uh, my dynasty league, by half a point last week uh, with Richardson leaving with concussion after 17.78 points or 17.74 points on 18 snaps. So that was a little bit tough to swallow. Uh, but yeah, those three. Great volume, got to play him. Then for the Ravens, uh, Lamar, Andrews, got to play him. Uh, Flowers, honestly, low-end wide receiver two, maybe better in the flex, but he should have decent volume. Colts quietly rank as the third best matchup for opposing wide receivers. Flowers ranks 15th right now in expected fantasy points per game. Volumes there, matchups there, play Flowers. Behind those three, uh, watch the status of Justice Hill. He's got turf dough. Could miss this week if he does play Gus Edwards. They'll bring in other running backs. They'll probably play uh, Melvin Gordon. But, I mean, Gus Edwards would be a good enough play if Justice Hill is out to want to play him. Uh, if Justice Hill plays, ideally, you're probably not playing Gus or Hill. But I understand if you have injuries, you want to play him as low-end option, it's fine. Either one of them could fall into the end zone. Broncos at Dolphins is up next. 48.5 point total. Dolphins 6.5 point home favorites. For the Broncos, Russ is playing really well, though. I want to point out that like a lot of his fantasy success right now is coming from touchdowns. He's got a 7.6% touchdown rate. That's going to regress soon. He's not that good of a quarterback. Um, but he's not a bad streaming option this week, uh, especially if you think the Dolphins find success and move the ball a lot. Like It's going to force Denver to play from behind, to throw the ball more. That's good. 
for Russell Wilson. Um, only other Bronco that grades out as a good play is Javonta Williams. I talked about him in the trade targets video, but he's seeing really strong volume, and I do expect him to get healthier and healthier each week this season. Um, I'd be more than okay playing him at running back two this week, while Pirine, more of a flex option, probably better in your second flex, uh, seeing a little bit worse volume, a little bit worse of a player. Then the wide receivers, they don't really stand out to me right now. Uh, matchup is mostly neutral, but they're rotating through a lot of different guys. If they're going to play five wide receivers, like that's not fantastic. So until they really focus on Judy Sutton and Mims, I would mostly stay away. If you want to play Judy, I think that's fine. Came back to a 68% snap share this week, last week. Like if we kind of assume that rises a little bit, I think it's fine. I'd probably only play him in the flex. For the Dolphins, Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, all weekly must starts. Mostert, that's going to depend on matchup. Uh, but the matchup is pretty good this week. And with Wilson still on the IR, I think you can play Mostert as like a low-end running back too. Uh, not expecting an amazing game, but he'll be fine. Four o'clock games kick off with Panthers at Seahawks, 42-point total, Seahawks six-point home favorites. For the Panthers, Miles Sanders is seeing really good volume. The offense has just been so bad, and defenses know that their only like real job is stop Miles Sanders. They can't do anything else. Um, I believe there's going to be a press conference in like a few minutes. I'm pretty sure Andy Dalton is going to start this week. I don't think they're going to start uh, Bryce Young. Don't really care too much. Like it's not really Ben Bryce Young's fault. No one's open. Like there's only so much you can do if you drop back. Zero players are open. How do you even complete a pass if no one's open? So, um, not really on Young and Dalton's not going to look good either. Um, but it is what it is. Really, is like we weren't starting the wide receivers anyways. Maybe you were looking at Hayden Hurst. Like just stay away. I mean, Sanders is the only player you want here. Um, he's getting significant volume again. Um, he's a good play this week. It's really good matchup against Seattle. Second best matchup for running backs. Other than that, like it, there's just no point in starting anyone else. Um, I, I think at one point we'll start Mingo, but not yet. Uh, for the Seahawks, Geno, Ken Walker, Metcalf, all definitely must starts. Lockett, very strong start. And I think JSN is flex viable as well. Panthers are a negative matchup for running backs, but Six-point home favorites. Walker's set up really well from a game script perspective uh, and also just from a volume perspective. I think he's going to get enough work. you got to play Ken Walker this week. Um, but honestly, like the wide receivers, good matchup. Like The Panthers are the number one matchup for opposing wide receivers. We think that Seattle is probably going to score a lot of points. Seattle plays well historically at home. They're at home this week. Like I think just play the wide receivers and understand, again, it's Metcalf at the top, then Lockett, then JSN. Don't expect JSN to have a great game. But I think he can have a fine game. I would not be opposed to playing him. Next up, we have Cowboys at Cardinals. 43-point total. Cowboys massive 12.5-point road favorites. That is pretty embarrassing to be a 12.5-point home underdog. Uh, for Dallas, blowout concern is obvious. But to have a blowout, you first need to score a bunch of touchdowns. So I'm not too concerned. Yes, it could be a 30-point game in the second half, and then we don't see a lot of volume from these players. But again, if it's a 30-point game, they probably scored four or five touchdowns, and your player probably scored a touchdown. Uh, Pollard, Lamb, definitely must starts. I would say Jake Ferguson, a pretty quality play at tight end. We went over him in the trade targets video, seeing amazing production inside the red zone if they're going to score a lot of points. Jake Ferguson, a good bet to score touchdown. Dak, perfectly fine to stream. Though, he doesn't project super well because it's a smash spot for the running backs. 
and they're probably not going to need to run the ball in the second half. So he'll need to score those touchdowns in the first half. For other players, you know, it's fine to lose that production if they're running the ball in the whole second half and they happen to run for one or two touchdowns, you could see a floor game from Dak Prescott. Uh, and then again, obviously start Tony Pollard. Then for the Cardinals, um, it's really only James Conner, maybe a little bit of Zach Ertz. Uh, brutal matchup, though. And I have them projected to score 1.26 offensive touchdowns. That is horrible. I don't expect anyone this, in this like side of the game to go off. Uh, again, it's only James Conner and only if you have to. Next up, we've got Bears at Chiefs, 47.5 point total, uh, but most steps on the Chiefs side, Chiefs 12.5 point home favorites. For the Bears, you can use Justin Fields uh, since he's always a threat to run for 100 yards and a touchdown, especially in games will be trailing, which is pretty much all of them. But this offense has not looked very good, uh, and he now ranks 16th in expected fantasy points per game, 20th in actual fantasy points. I think you have to play him if you got him, but if the offense keeps doing nothing, you're going to have to bench Justin Fields at some point, but I don't think this is the week where you start doing that. Uh, the only other bears in consideration are DJ Moore, Cole Komet, and the running backs. I would steer clear of the running backs in a really difficult matchup on the road, huge underdogs, um, and they're kind of rotating a bunch. So until one of them takes over, hopefully Roshan takes over at some point, uh, but until one does that, you can't really be playing either of them. Uh, and then DJ Moore, Cole Komet, fine low-end options. They're going to have to throw the ball at some point in this game, and both are really talented players. But again, the offense has been horrible. Uh, you can't really expect them to score a whole lot of touchdowns. That's not good for pass catchers. For the Chiefs, uh, you're starting all of Mahomes, Kelsey, and then honestly, whoever the starting running back is. If Pacheco is cleared, start him. If he's not, I think you can start Clyde Edwards-Dolaire. The Bears are the fourth best matchup for opposing running backs. Uh, they face the third highest opponent rush play percentage this season. Chiefs are nearly two touchdown home favorites. Like You're going to want to play whoever the lead running back is for the Chiefs, no matter who it is. Again, if it's Clyde, I think you can play him. Um, but again, Pacheco would be a running back one. Clyde would be more of a running back two. Um, McKinnon, it would help if Pacheco was out, but not like a lot. Like they don't give him rush attempts anyways, and Pacheco mostly gets rush attempts. And so they would just throw most of that volume onto Clyde. Maybe McKinnon would be used a little bit more, but McKinnon's always just pray he scores a touchdown. He's not getting any volume if he doesn't score a touchdown. And also they're not going to be trailing. It's not like KC's going to fall back and then, you know, they're going to need seven, eight targets for McKinnon. So it's not really a McKinnon game. You're probably not playing him. Sunday night game is going to be Steelers at Raiders, 43-point total, Raiders, 2.5-point home favorites. For these Steelers, no one grades out as a must-start. Pickens, though, wide receiver 21, Warren running back 23, Najee running back 24. This is a great spot for the running backs to finally get on track, but understand Warren has 10.2 expected fantasy points per game. Najee has a pathetic 7.4 expected fantasy points per game. They have a total of zero rushing yards before contact this, this season. So it's not like it's their fault, right? It's pretty difficult if every single one of your carries, you're going to hit at or behind the line of scrimmage. How are you supposed to break off big runs if you get the ball and you're immediately being contacted by a defender? So both are low and running back twos. It's a great matchup. Expected game flow is good, but you don't have to play either one of them because the floor is obviously quite low, as you know, if you have them. 
for the Raiders side, Jacobs, Adams, obvious must start. Seems like Adams is going to be good to go, so don't worry about that. Uh, Myers is a good flex play if he's able to go. Kind of have to watch the status on that. We can't really predict when people come back from concussions. But as of right now, Myers is trending towards playing, and then it looks really like Adams is going to play this week. Um, those three just make up such a massive share of the offensive touches that even in a bad matchup, I mean, I think you're just starting them. Like, even if they're only going to score two touchdowns, right? It is probably from this trio that those two touchdowns are coming through. And so if they have a really good touchdown expectation, you want to be playing all three. The first of two, again, Monday night games is going to be Eagles at Bucks, 46 point total, Eagles, four and a half point road favorites. For the Eagles, Hertz, Brown, Smith, all must starts. While DeAndre Swift is a good play at running back, too. Uh, Swift obviously comes with a lot of risk, but you have to think he's going to maintain like a pretty decent opportunity share after last week uh bucks are an awful matchup for running backs but if gainwell remains out you just have to think they're gonna lean on deandre swift he was so good last week why would they go to anyone else uh if gainwell returns i want to see what beat reporters are saying it doesn't seem like he's going to but i'll adjust the rankings accordingly if he does play uh, at least as of recording this right now though we just don't know what's going to happen there uh for the bucks evans Godwin definitely must starts. Rashad White is a fine low end running back too. He's had 19 and 23 touches over the first two weeks. Um, you know, he looked a lot better in week two, albeit it was a smash spot for him. So of course he looked better, right? Eagles fifth worst matchup for opposing running back. So I'm not expecting a great game from Rashad White. Uh, but again, low end running back two is running back 26 right now. Final game of the week is Rams at Bengals. 43.5 point total. Bengals are only two and a half point home favorites, just given the uncertainty surrounding Joe Burrow. For the Rams, Kyron Williams and Puka are must starts. Not a sentence I thought I'd be saying as early as week three. Kyron Williams, though, second among running backs and expected fantasy points per game. Puka, first among all players. I would also start Tutu Atwell. He's been incredibly impressive over the first two weeks. Definitely shows that, you know, a player can progress can develop year over year he was not someone we ever thought would be fantasy viable you know early in his career i guess he's still early in his career but like last season like we did not think he'd be fantasy viable at any point he's been awesome he's been really really good this season i think you can play him in the flex uh the emergence of those players has kind of crushed the value of van jefferson of tyler higby i would not start either one of them uh stafford is fine to stream uh, especially if Let's say you have Joe Burrow. You want to see if Joe Burrow is going to play this week. We'll have Stafford also. And if Burrow's out, you can play Stafford. Um, and honestly, you can just play Stafford regardless because Burrow has not looked very good uh, given the injury, obviously. Um, but you'd also prefer Burrow play because if he did, you'd at least have a better chance of a shootout, of a back-and-forth game, Stafford throwing the ball a lot more, being more aggressive. Uh, with Burrow out, you're, you're not going to have that happening as high of a rate. For the Bengals, obviously depends on Burrow. Um, the line seems to indicate that he will not be playing, but impossible for us to know right now. Regardless, uh, you're starting Chase, you're starting Mixon, you're probably starting T. Higgins as well. Um, the Rams have actually been a lot better than I thought they would be on defense this season, but that trio has such a good opportunity share. They're all extremely talented players. I think you got to play him. Um, you would definitely obviously prefer Burrow's at quarterback, um, but I would even start them if Jake Browning plays. And the thing is, like, it's the last Monday night game. And so you're not going to know. So I think you got to just put Chase and Mixon into the starting lineup. Obviously, the projection goes down if 
Burrow is out, but I think you still play them. And I think you still play Higgins too, because like, what if Burrow did go out there and play? Well, you're not going to want to have benched T Higgins. He'd be still in a pretty good spot. And, you know, since we're not going to know, unless you have something that's very close, like you've got another player that's projected very similarly to Higgins, to Higgins and you're like, no, I don't I don't want to take that chance. I'll put Higgins on the bench. I'll play this other player. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't take like a three or four projection drop just to play someone else because Higgins is still a good enough player he can produce with anyone there. Um, and I would honestly just not plan on playing Burley. If you've got someone else, they play on Sunday. You don't know by Sunday play the other person, uh, but ideally you could just get Stafford, have him as the handcuff. So that's a breakdown of every single game this week among all positions. If you want to see my exact rankings and projections for every single player, you can see that on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And if you want to see any of the stats I talked about in this video, that is all also available on the website. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and help subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.